Hello and welcome to the Nostalgia Podcast. A podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens. My name is Eric Lafibri. And my name is Jessica Tercero. And this week, we watched a classic and its recent remake. I'm so um, excited. We watched Hocus Pocus. And it is something, <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like this, this is so emblematic of like this show, right? Yeah. Like it is, it is this nostalgic touchstone for so many of us 80s and early 90s kids. It was hugely important, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. it's I'm so excited to to like really dig into it and have a conversation about the nostalgia of it and what it meant and all of that. It's 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 just I'm I'm pumped. I'm so pumped. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. Um what's what's your history with Hocus Pocus? Let's get into that. Oh, it was uh I just I think probably from like four years old or so, I would watch it so regularly. Um, so frequently, it was one of those first movies that I watched. Th- I mean, not to be like, not to be like gay, gay, but again, <laughs> it was like this movie and Death Becomes Her really? that I would this watch. This was on that level for you. <gasps> this, yeah, it oh, wasn't. It, it wasn't yes. Death Becomes Her like height, height. But uh-huh. I watched it so much that like, when you're a kid, sometimes phonetically you're just repeating the sounds and you don't even know the words, but mm-hmm. you'll like. When it was like a muck, a muck, a muck, a muck, a muck, a poof. Like, like all of these little <laughs> moments are so imprinted in my brain. Like, ah, ba, 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 I'm in trouble. Like, whatever. <laughs> all of these little things, I've, I just, I've seen it so many times as a kid. I would watch it over and over and over again that it's just so ingrained in my brain that watching it this time, like clockwork, like something would come up and I would just say the next line and the next line would say, I don't like that. Like I, I I'm so, that. I love this movie. It was, it's such a huge piece of culture for me. It was my introduction to Kathy and Jimmy, who I'm obsessed with. Uh-huh. I think it's, she's amazing. Um, Thor Birch, obviously mm-hmm. so sick. And then Sarah Jessica Parker, Bette Midler, like I just, it's, you know, it's, I can't believe what, like what a monument this movie is to me. How about for you? Yeah, I loved this movie growing up. Um, And it's weird because like, I think I've said like my family was like, oh, you know, witches, none of that, none of that hocus pocus, right? But um, we did watch Hocus Pocus and I was super into it. And then like, you know, uh, becoming an adult and going back and like watching it because like having such fond memories of this film and such a love for the characters, obviously the Sanderson sisters, like so iconic, so incredible, so fun. Um, I don't know. It felt like watching this movie, like this is one of the big nostalgia movies for me. Oh my God. Um, like what? A fucking moat, especially because, like, you know, my mom would watch like other Bette Midler stuff and like beaches and all this stuff. And then, so to see her and like just in all of her glory, I was like so obsessed and it was so incredible. And um, it was like, yeah, this one's for me, mom. This is yeah. mine. <laughs> this is my Bette Midler mo- moment. Yes. It, I mean, truly, a hundred percent. So, yeah, I, I, 
was so excited when they announced the next Ho- like Hocus Pocus 2 uh, because like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, that's going to be so bad. But like, as we know on this podcast, things can be very good. Sequels 20 years <laughs> later can be very good. And they had the original cast and all this. And I think even if it was if I thought it was going to be bad. I was just excited to see the Sanderson sisters, all like all three of them, reprise their role. Yeah. Um, and like everybody else, like Doug Jones and um, who I realized I've talk about been a calling Duncan icon. Jones. On, I've been Duncan calling Jones. him Duncan Jones on the show. <laughs> oh my god, for like fucking episodes. Doug Jones is what I meant. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I mean, yeah, what a fucking icon, right? And I'm just like. Yeah, it's 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 pretty wild. I mean, granted, I have a lot of issues with the new one that I'm excited to talk. Oh, yeah, I'm excited to talk. But yeah, I think it is when I heard that it was happening. I was just like, oh, they got the original cast. That's I mean, whether or not it's good or bad, I think it's still going to just be fun. And from a nostalgic perspective, which is, again, we're doing the podcast, I am excited to watch it first and foremost because of the impact that. Uh, like how integral Hocus Pocus was to me as a kid. Um, and again, whether it's good or bad, I'm excited that it exists. Um, excited that it exists, but I have a lot of problems same. with and uh, I, a lot of problems with like thematically and also I, um, the things that it changes about the story and about the lore. And I'm very you. excited okay. to get into that. I literally almost bit my tongue and spit it into the cauldron as soon as I said that, like, I'm happy oh it exists because I'm like, am, wait, is that true? Am I? I don't am know. Am I actually I happy this exists? This. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited to get to that answer by the end of it. Yes. Um, but yeah, do you want to um, you want to just jump in? Oh, my God. Should we? Let's talk about Hocus Pocus. Let's do it. On October 31st, 1693, in Salem, Massachusetts, the Sanderson sisters Mary, Sarah, and Winifred kidnapped a little girl named Emily Binks in a successful effort to restore their youth via magic and turned her brother, Thackeray, into an immortal black cat. Immediately after, the sisters are captured and hung by the townsfolk accused of being witches, but not before they cast a spell, ensuring their eventual resurrection. Exactly three centuries from the date, teenage skeptic Max reluctantly takes his sister Danny out trick-or-treating where the pair end up at Max's crush, Allison's house. In a desperate attempt to spend more time with Allison, Max suggests they've entered to the Sanderson sister house, which was converted into a museum and recently abandoned. The girls reluctantly agree, and together they break into the Sanderson's house, where Max lights the black flame candle despite the girls' wishes, thus summoning the one and only Sanderson sisters. After a bit of escape hijinks and some help from their new feline friend, Thackeray Binks, the three kids find themselves on the run with Winifred's spellbook in hand. Using Mary's sense of smell to track down the children, the Sanderson sisters are led all over town, forced to make sense of a world very different from the one they left in the 1600s. Eventually, they catch up with the kids who went to their parents for help at a dance party and quickly turn Max's plea for help into a fun dance number, cursing the parents to dance eternally in the process. The kids then lead the sisters to the high school where they lure them into a pottery kiln and are burned alive. Thinking they won, the kids go home to celebrate their victory with a hard-earned nap, and Allison decides to use the Sanderson spellbook to turn Binks back into a real boy. Unfortunately, the Sanderson sisters are very much alive and find the children's location thanks to the book being opened. 
The sisters descend upon the children, stealing Danny and the rest of the town's young children on the way back to their house. Max and Allison steal Danny back and form a plan with Binks and Winifred's ex-zombie lover to save Danny, which doesn't go as planned, but works out okay in the end. Allison, Allison, kiss me, I'm Allison. Oh my god, Um, okay. First off, first off, (laughs) I absolutely love the character of Danny. Oh, Danny she's amazing. is it. She's um what was it? Oh, a uh, little woman where we were talking about uh Drew Barrymore stole the show, right? Danny absolutely stole the show. She's so Oh, oh cool. Kristen Dunst? Uh yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, Kristen, sick. Yeah. I was Kristen like, wait, Dunst. Drew Barrymore was a little No, woman? not Drew Barrymore. Oh my god, but also Drew Barrymore in several things. As a kid. <laughs> and Firestarter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Firestarter. Oh my God. Yes. So many wonderful little girl actors. Okay. Anyways, Literally. Oh we my love god. you. Um, okay. Anyways. She's an icon. She's, <laughs> yeah. she's so she good at this. Is so good. She's so fun and smart, where she's like uh, the Sanderson sisters are like, you know, like they come to life and she's like, oh, I'm a witch too. Look at me. See the hat? Like, see? <laughs> and like, she uh, she also is like super down to take from the rich. She's like, oh, they're having this party. I'm totally going to go steal all their fucking candy. Fuck you. Um, she like, she has like some super sick burns where she's just like, oh, you're the ugliest thing that's ever lived. Like, and I'm just like, oh. She's, so she's literally just the coolest. Like she everything is. about her, she's so funny. She's so charismatic. She's so heartfelt and like earnest. Everything she does is like real. Like her, and she's never like in the way that Max is constantly trying to like be air quotes man up and be like the big brother and be like the big macho guy. She's like, why? She's, she literally, because for yeah. her, like if she's sad, she's like, I'm going to be sad and let me just feel sad. Like I miss home and mm-hmm. I really wish that like things were different. And he's like, yeah, you know what? Me too. And she's like, Okay, well, great. Um, what are we doing next? Because yeah. I'm done feeling that way and I'm ready to go. And right? Whereas Max, Max is just yeah. like being a little shit. He's like, whatever. And like literally like, I think she did such a good job as an actor, like being that kid's sister, trying to be like, oh, Allison, like trying to like poke fun at him and be like, hey, I really want to hang out with you. Like you need to hang out with me. I will bring mom and dad into this if I need to, but please just hang out with me because like it's apparent, like when she tells him, like uh, she goes to the bullies and she's like, well, my brother's here, right? It's apparent that she thinks that he is the greatest, the coolest, the strongest, that he is her rock and her protector. And she has like... He is her hero. Like, it's so apparent. And, and Max and she, can't see that. And She's literally just like, I miss you. Like, literally, can, we, can yeah. we just fucking hang out? Like, what's the problem here? Yeah. And that is one of the things, like, that I like about Max, too, which, like, you know, surface level, when we, like, first see him, he's just kind of, like, kind of a dweeb and kind of an asshole. And, like, you know, he's, like, literally just trying to, like, shut everybody down and, like, oh, whatever, witches aren't real. This isn't real. And they're, like, oh, you California tie-dye wearing blah, 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 blah. And he's, like, um, And he's also a creep to Allison. But I feel like in – and he is a creep to Allison. I do want to talk about that. But I do feel like by the end, like, we do see um, sort of a character arc for him where he – goes there and he's like oh my god these things are real and then he like is trying to be that person for his sister where he's like okay they're after my sister i have to protect her he tries going to like you know his parents he tries going to the cop ew um but then he's like okay it's up to me i'm gonna do it i'm gonna make sure she's okay and she's taken care of and he takes responsibility and 
at the end, ultimately, like he drinks the potion, which like I like Max at the beginning would not have done that. And so I feel like throughout this journey and letting himself be vulnerable and like actually care about things like that ultimately saves the day, which is really cool. And here's my biggest, biggest like success with this movie versus the next one. We let the witches be witches, right? We let them be child-eating monsters. We're not doing redemption arcs. We're not doing backstories. They are monsters. They're Mm -hmm. fun and they're kooky and they're charismatic and silly and mean and like, but with the best comeback, they're all of these things. But at the end of the day, they are monsters. So for us, we don't need this like... Oh, but they're people. They're not people. They're literally monsters. Like they literally eat children. Like that's, mm-hmm. I don't know why. So that's, the, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But in this one, very much so, like we allow Max, Max hitting his relationship with Danny. We watch him change. Like again, he's sort of the hero, right? Like mm-hmm. he is the character who goes through the most change. And we watch that happen in real time, where in the end, he's he is willing to sacrifice himself for the people in his life who matter the most. Without, and at the end of the day, doubt. Yeah. it's Danny. And mm-hmm. it's it's always been Danny. And to see her see that validation and watch them yeah. triumph over the literal yeah. monsters is like that's it's like I have goosebumps. It's a, it's a good it's a good movie because like you're watching this happen in real time and they're closer for it and now maybe there's new love with this girlfriend, which is mm-hmm. cool but not necessary, but it's still cool because like she, he's also proving to her that like he's capable of growth. He's capable of change and he's capable of like protection. He's a good mm-hmm. he's he's a decent guy and like I mean, at the end when they're like palling around with fucking the zombie before they're like, they're like, oh, hey, buddy, like, I'm so yeah. happy that you like whatever. And it's just, I don't mean to say this in a way that's belittling. It's, it's a pretty simple movie, but it's so effective for what it is. Like, it's so succinct and I feel like does such a good job at telling a story of growth. And I mean, it's a good structure. It's a good, it's a well-written movie. It's, it's a good, good movie. It's yeah. a good movie. It's a great and- movie. Uh, yeah. One of the things that I I really love is, you know me and how men treat women in films is like, even if he's a jerk and he like learns his lesson in the end or whatever, like I'm still like, fuck you forever. And like Max is a fucking shit when we first see him. He tries to shut Allison up by giving her his number. And uh, she's like, yeah, um, no, thank you. And she like immediately shuts him down. And then he like his way of flirting. And again, like this is all like patriarchal, like this is learned behavior, right? His way of flirting is like going to her and be like, oh, I'm sorry I embarrassed you in class when he's the one that got embarrassed, right? And she's like, you didn't embarrass me. Like you're you're bad. You're dumb. Oh, you want my number here? And it's his number that she gives back to him. It's my favorite thing. It's so good. Where she's like, oh yeah, come to my party. Here's my number. She leaves. It's his number. She's like, I don't fuck with you. Like get away from Mm -hmm. me. But it's also, I loved, and I noticed this the last couple times I've seen it, there's some random actor after they're leaving the classroom where he's like, some rando is like, hey, Mm -hmm. back off. She's mine or whatever. Like I'm after. I think it's such a wonderful addition to this because it's like, Showing us who the men in this world are, like yes. the expectation for the men here. So we're giving like Max is no different than this man, right? Mm-hmm. In this moment, he's no different than this skis ball who's like, I own her and she's mine and get away from her because I called dibs because she's not a person. She's an object. Mm-hmm. Base level, when we're introduced to him, he's there. We have a foundation and a floor to grow from so clearly. There is no 
nuance to it. He's a shitty dude who like yeah. just wants to fuck some girl. That's the whole deal. And we're reiterating that with this other guy who's like, hey, I'm like you, but I got here first and we're the same and we're both scumbags. And you're like, that is a good That's way to it. set it up. Can I say something else that I'm I was really stoked on in this watch that I never realized? Um usually in these stories, right? The damsel or the woman will see her clothing just gets torn off or like, you know, is ripped <laughs> in like this very suggestive sort of way. And in this film, they flipped that. His shirt is like uh his sweatshirt is like ripped like up at the top so it's like showing a little bit of collarbone and stuff and it's like the women are both there both unharmed right I was so stoked about that because I was like that's really fucking cool I never noticed that Well I also love it just in general as like this is a femme film like the the, yes. the everybody in this with the exception of Max I and mean, granted he is like the hero which is fine but everyone around him is women constantly yeah. except Thackeray but like he's a fucking cat but he's a cat he's a again cat. he's yeah. he's not like and the other one is a zombie that's there for two seconds but exactly. like he like, is the only man there you're right yeah, yeah. and I love and, that well also we're talking about Thackeray Bings or uh sorry if we're talking about um oh uh, what's his name Billy Butcher we're talking about yes. Billy Butcher he has his mouth show sewed up like half the time anyways <laughs> so he's not even talking because <laughs> he's literally so shut um but yeah it's i feel like it's such a well told story and i am so happy that like max has that room to grow and if we're gonna objectify anybody i'm glad it's max because yeah, it is like exactly and because also throughout the movie a lot of the jokes are at his expense and it's not even like oh he's a virgin there's a level of like because there are not a lot of men around to be like oh you're fucking loser you haven't fucked yet it's a lot of these women just kind of being like oh okay like yeah oh for sure like because there like, is such an <laughs> emphasis placed on like i think the only one that's like that does that is like the cop which is like oh really a virgin right but, which but again it's the shitty guy love, exactly yeah. but everybody else is like okay yeah whatever like that's fine when like as a woman in the world like there's so much so much weight put on like you know your virginity right which like also like you can't fucking prove that like you know pop my cherry or whatever but like that shit it's can so... pop when you're on horseback like uh, oh my god it's um, so <laughs> gross and bad but yeah. like uh to know that that is something that like has for centuries and continues to be something that women are persecuted violently for right um the you know the lack of virginity or whatever they must be pure in order to do this to have that be again have that be trope be flipped and have that be on the man like these like i think it works on so many good levels that i didn't realize as a kid watching this i mean it, it makes the movie so much like it just it, it I, I don't know maybe it's because i'm gay maybe whatever but it makes it so much clearer why it resonated with me so as it did like it's it is such an outlier story for so many reasons and largely it being a femme-centric story like we're getting all of these wonderful and dynamic women. I mean, granted, the cast is like exceptionally white. That's like one of the big yeah. things. It's like a white, 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 white story, which is a problem in and of itself. Right. But overall, as far as movies go, the fact that it is such a femme-centric story, it just adds so much dynamic to the character work, to the plot, to everything. I want to talk about the sisters in general. Yes, please. Because... Their dynamic specifically is such 
an eloquent like homage to like the Three Stooges and these other sort of slapstick trios who just are so punchy and so perfect. Like Sarah Jessica Parker, who is like the the ditzy blonde character, but who is so impeccably funny. Like she times everything <laughs> so perfectly. Every folly, every punch, every trip, every like, you mean like what? Like every little nuance of misunderstanding of completely missing the point is perfect and then yes. Kathy and Jimmy who the whole time is like trying to prove herself to her sisters like no no no, I can do this I can do this I'm good I'm more than just this girl I'm more than just the other weird one like I can be the pretty one too you guys like you're both pretty <laughs> but I can be the pretty one too like she's doing that whole like pining and like oh I did I'm so wrong and like let me make myself small for you because like I'm trying to please everyone and then obviously Bet, who is like the lead she's the pretty one she's oh the my God. she's the Bet. the ego she's the she's the face she is she's it and then some of the stuff that I like in the next one that they kind of tap into a little bit yeah but it like their dynamic is just so perfect it's like it is so they have so much chemistry. It is so perfect. Yeah. Um, they played their roles so well. Um, yeah, like they have some of the best fucking lines. Like I feel like any time one of them opened their mouths, it was just like a riot. I was laughing so hard, and I think that's one of the things that I I loved and resonated with this as a kid. Right, just the amount of overacting that all three of them are doing. Like you said, this like slapstick, but like they're um. <laughs> like they get burned to death in the kiln and then they come out speaking French and I was like that's so funny <laughs> uh, they go to high school and they're like oh this is a children prison like them a just, prison for children it like yes, there's so yes. much wonderful stuff like them uh, learning to interact with the world thinking mm-hmm. that um, like them getting on the bus or going into the kitchen and thinking it's a torture chamber like uh, the they're blessed by the child the angel child and they're like yeah <laughs> Um, the just, brooms, oh, the, the brooms. Uh, when the they vacuum. come out with the vacuum, oh mm. my god! And I'm excited I, for the next I know. one. And it's what a, they it's did. a big positive. It's just Kathy yes. and Jimmy on that. Oh my god! It's just so good. Again, like seeing the, the like, devil the, and being like uh, master. Oh master. my goodness! Like <laughs> it's so so good. It's incredible. Even like. On every level, it's good. But like just it's fun to even just turn off your brain and just watch because those three are so funny and so good in this role. They're so charming. And like every like truly every little aside, oh, it's the black rain of death. Like, tis but water. And then they go and touch it and she's like, mm, revenging. <laughs> like <laughs> these little moments. And then it's like they when they push Sarah Jessica Parker into the road and she's like, ah, and she jumps up and down. She's like, "Tis firm. It's a road." <laughs> like every everything about everything about their dynamic in this movie. I just and I, I I'm trying my best not to be comp- like full nostalgia fuel. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I have I'm notes, only, but I want to talk about yeah. our nostalgia and what yeah. works before I dig into some of this. Exactly. Stuff. Yeah. So I'm trying my best not to be like full, just like it's per- like blah blah blah, but. Even watching it now, and I mean, again, I watched it so, so, so many times. But even watching the it, music like, number when that I they sat do, down to watch like, it. so good, yeah, so good. So before we get into the sisters, because I do have like some comments on uh, and some ideas that I want to like kind of talk about with them. I want to talk about how the men um, react to them, and I think you know we've already talked about like the devil's just kind of like, oh, come in, hey, honey, and his wife is literally in the next room, and he's like, you know, they're. 
they're objectified by literally every man that they meet, right? Just for being women or just for being, you know, just for, I don't know, existing like Sarah with like, you know, jumping up and down on like the bus driver's like lap, right? And like, I love, one of the things I love about her character is she's just so, um, she's so overly sexual, but she like never gives them the time of day. She always maintains the power in every interaction she has. Um, but yeah, like the devil, the bus driver, the fake cop, like they're all just like objectified by them. And I, I think that's like a really cool commentary. And I also think that I like that they didn't, at least it doesn't feel like the same way that the witches did where like, this is like an anti-Semitic which uh which portrayal yes. right yes. which is incredibly important to me and like you said they're monsters right they are absolute fucking monsters to the point to where each one of them um really inhabits like the seven deadly sins or whatever right where like um sarah is lust you know and that's like her thing winnie is pride and and greed right um mary is um <laughs> Unfortunately, because she's the the larger one, which is because she's the fat girl. She's She's the the fat fat girl, girl, so she's she's gluttony, gluttony, right? And that is one of the most annoying parts. Her superpower is literally being able to smell children, and then like every point that we can, we're kind of punching down on this, and to the point to where the characters are even punching down on her. She like Winnie is upset, and Mary looks at Winnie and says like. Do you want to hit me? That usually makes you feel better. And she's fine with that because she wants her sister to be happy. So I really have a I love I love uh, Mary, but I really have a problem with the way that this character was written because she's so much cooler and so fucking funny. And that's the most frustrating part, too, is because there are the jokes in there that recognize that, like, they are literally punching down on these girls left and right. And for her, it has everything to do with the fact that she is the fat one. Right. And she's the fat one. She's the one who, like, wants to eat and smells kids. And mm -mm -mm. so the fact that there's already a joke in there where she's like, oh, yeah, hit me. That makes you feel better. Like, punch down on me. Like, do it. I'm like, come on. Come on. Like, uh, I mean, granted. They do it so frequently. I'm so happy that it never becomes like like so overt. It's still mm-hmm. casual enough to be like quote unquote hidden as like a character trait. Obviously it's but it's it still is overt. And it's still, it's still like teaching kids that like, yeah. you know, um larger women don't have self-esteem and that's fine you know and she's the first one to be like hey let's we're getting a little bit worked up let's form a calming circle she's she's bringing her sisters into this like say this space where she is able to recenter herself because she deals with so much shit right but yeah i like that is one of my biggest problems with this movie because i feel like again that character is is and can be so cool but like almost every time that we see her on the screen it's the butt of a joke and it is literally because she's fat yeah like and that sucks it it really does suck and to the point also with the way that men in general in the story see them right Mm -hmm. um I wish there was more of an over and they do they do it a little bit more in the next one but I wish there was more of an overtness to the disdain they feel for these men obviously there's a manipulation aspect going on like with the bus driver there's a level of like we're just using him to get what we need but it's not clear enough to me at least for me 
just because it does really feel like, ooh, like, who's this man? And he's going to, like, whatever. And I'm going to sit on his lap and I'm going to bounce and I'm going to fucking whatever. Well, and and um, Sarah's character is very much like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Look at boy. Boy. Like, she has, like, a line just like that. Oh, they'll love me. I'm beautiful, right? She is literally dripping this and, like, like she wants to like she wants that and wants that kind of attention and it almost feels um like a reward for these men like it isn't like as clear like you said that they're like you know they are objectified but it isn't clear that that is bad and wrong right yes there isn't a delineation between that there i mean the only the only way that we can connect those two dots is the fact that like they're villains Mm-hmm. They're bad people. But because of the gaze of which we're viewing these characters, they're still objects, despite their power, despite this thing, in the eyes of these other men, they're still objects, whether good or bad, um, for sexual desire of men. And yeah. it's annoying at best. And there is so much like integrity in this movie and I just, I'm so mad that like in these moments where it, I feel like it counts, like it's just like, oh, we're just not going to like, who cares? Like, yeah. let them, let them be that. And it's like, like, just say, let's say something like you already have these other strong characters like Danny. I mean, she's the youngest, but she is so just like, you're not going to treat me bad. Just she's I'm the a strongest. Like, she's the one that, you. yeah. And we're already, we already have these characters within it, like, especially for like, these all-powerful witches mm-hmm. they have the power to like like how cool would it have been and i know it's a disney movie and i know it's a kid's movie but whatever what if like we just get these shots after they're being objectified like they get off the bus and the bus isn't moving and suddenly like the driver isn't there yeah something right he's gone and you're like oh they ate him mm-hmm. like they literally ate him because he was this bad guy and then just like mm, we're moving on blah 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 blah, blah. yeah like Amazing. We're not showing anything crazy. We're having a good time and we're recognizing that like these men are paying for what they've done Mm -hmm. in these spaces. Like they're 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 gonna play along to get the thing that they want, and the thing that they want is food, and they're gonna eat him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that that would have been more compelling too, because yeah. um, it's less good versus bad. Where like you know the next one tried to add a lot of nuance in places that it didn't need to, and I'm excited to talk about that. Um, but in this one, right, it's just like ooh, children, right? Like so, Sarah, her whole thing, right, is that she seduces people. She and she does that to children too, right? Where like she, you know. Uh, sings about like you know like hey come follow me and it's like the loss of innocence right (sighs) like with her character and with the emphasis placed on needing a virgin to light the candle it's because how can I phrase this Because they need a virgin to light the candle, it's absolutely important. They are absolutely preying on innocence, right? And that's what they are, you know, that's where they're at. And I think that's probably why they didn't have, like, them eat the bus drivers or anything. But I do think that that would have been more compelling because then it's it would have been just, like, they're just bad instead of they're fucking evil. You know what I mean? And And that's... That's I think that would be so much that would be so cool because it would reinstill like they are literal monsters like not only are they preying on children to eat and steal their soul for youth, but they're literally just killing people because they can Mm -hmm. and they want to. And I think that that would I just I think that would have been cooler. And I do think because 
Um, and it would have literally been them being man eaters. Like you play yeah. on the stereotype of the man eater and like that sort of type, that trope of a woman, that trope of a femme character. Use it to your advantage and make it a more empowered instead of like this bad thing. It's like, yes, it's a bad thing, but they're bad people. And that's why. And suddenly it's like you've switched the table a little bit. And suddenly Man Eater becomes this like cool thing that's more femme powered than it is male gazy. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Well, and and that kind of goes to my point where. First of all, I want to say all of the women in this movie are fucking strong as hell. There is not one, like, even the mom who we see just for, like, you know, a few scenes. They are all so strong, so empowered, have their own opinions, are not going to, like, just fall at the whim of any of any dude. Allison, the love interest included, which is great. And I think it's so rare that we get a film that is so female-centric, so accessible to men, where, like, literally every other man except for um, Max looks like a fool like the fucking bullies and stuff like that like i i love that but in this idea that these three women are um like they're single they are you know they have powers they are strong right um they're just they're trying to survive as bad as it is to like kill children i'm not endorsing that by any means but like these are literal empowered women that like don't need men and the fact that the townsfolk like you know hang them and and that they have this kind of arc to me like i feel like I wanted a little bit more nuance, not what we got in the next one. You know what I mean? Because like it it just does kind of feel like everybody, I mean, Danny's, even Danny partners up with fucking Thackeray, which I'm like, really? Like a fucking ghost? Like we have to like reinstill that. But the three single women who are actually like super empowered that can do whatever they want, like they're vilified because like we have to make sure that, okay, they're eating children. They're, they're stealing children's souls. Okay, great. And that's why they're not just going to steal any random man's soul. It has to be children. We have to make sure that we know that this is bad and that yeah. like, you know what I mean? So like some of those regressive things like uh, when yeah. thinking about which, witches. Which, yeah, it goes back to just witch lore and the misogyny within the idea of witchcraft and what yeah. it means and like where it comes from and what. I mean, what spurned all of these sort of scary tropes when it comes to witches and witchcraft? And it's all based in men hating women, just straight misogyny base level nothing else and so granted when we're talking about a story with witches a lot of that sewage is gonna spew up no matter how cutesy or fun or or what have you i think i agree like granted what i want at least within this and and this is perfect because we kind of get that in the next one what i want a much more like nuance where like everyone's a person let's go into like whatever not really because with them especially like yes it does suck that we're vilifying them for 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 these bad things but it really like they're so like <laughs> I think they're still so cool. Like, like yeah. in the story, we're not like, oh, they suck and they're bad. And it's because they're like, yes, they're bad because they're literal monsters. They're not even people anymore. They are just mm-hmm. monsters. But the whole time, the whole movie, outside of all the slapstick stuff, they're still really cool. And so mm-hmm. like adaptive. And what is it when you bounce back from something quickly? Like... um. 
I mean, just that you bounce. Yeah. Back. Well, yeah. Yeah. They, they're so like everything goes wrong. Like they're literally being killed at every turn. The sun's about to come up, and they're so just like, okay, what's next? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, granted, to be fair, the one who is so okay, what's next is uh, Catherine Winnie. and Jimmy because oh, no, the yeah, other, sorry, because the other two. Like one of them, like, oh my god, I'm dying, and the other one's oh like, oh god. no, we're dying. And Bette we're young, Midler but... just being like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah, she fucking killed that scene. It's just so like, good. goodbye, cruel world. It's like, bye bye, bye bye, bye and just she's just like, Kathy and Jimmy's like walking her to the window, like, oh, take me to the bed, and she's like, oh, goodbye, and she's like, just mimicking her too. So, like, she's goodbye, goodbye, bye bye, bye it's so fun, like. They're 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 bad and they're witches and like we're supposed to not like them, but they're so charismatic and there's yeah like, there's never a moment where I'm like I mean granted I hope our heroes win I hope that they don't die but um there's never I a don't point want where them I to think be gone forever yeah there's never yeah. there's never a point where I think that the witches are gonna win which is what makes the ride kind of so much fun because like you're just getting to see pure charisma. In yeah. all of its forms, like unambiguous, just talent, 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 talent. And I mean, if this movie had more nuance and there were more conversations, I wish that there was a little bit more of a conversation again with the objectification. But outside of that, like, I do think for what this movie is, it's not necessary. It's just like, yeah, I don't know, because I don't want to give it I don't want to give it the the pass of like, well, it's not a social commentary because I think all media is social commentary. I think all mm-hmm. cinema is social commentary. But I just that is the only one that like there are literal moments in the movie that like are carved out for like there's there's spots where like that's where you say this and that's where you show this like it's already built into the story and they just chose not to like add it. You know what I mean? Like there's okay. Um one of the things that I also think is could have been done in a way that would not have been gross, but I think that we get just a little bit of the subtext here. Um more more so in the next one, but we know Winnie, we know that um she was rejected by the love of her life. So she's like she killed him and poisoned him and even <laughs> though it was her sister that like you know he was with and her sister tries to say like no he actually was mine he liked me and she's like no I can't even hear it right yeah um she killed him so like uh and then there's also the line where she says like I always wanted a child now I'll have one on toast right but like kind of like furthering she wanted a husband and like she wanted uh, a kid and because she didn't get the ones that she wanted or uh, she took away her sister's joy and her sister's like kind of like she's ruling their life you know what I mean because Winnie's nothing without her sisters or her book which we see in the next one but like I do think that there's something interesting there um but you know again we're not gonna get that here yeah it's yeah. it's it's I wish there was a little bit more. Like, she does cause... forever punishments, which is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to live with your guilt forever. It's Zachary, so good. Or Zachary. Twist the bones and bend the back. <gasps> oh my gosh, those were so fun. Rid him like, of his baby of the, fat. It's so good. All of good. the potions, all of the things, uh, like every time, the way that they walk, the zoom, 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 zoom. <laughs> it's just... Um, um and even like like billy being like go to hell i've been there thank you i find it quite lovely like yeah <laughs> it's it's just uh you and i will say i do remember when billy first cuts his 
uh, mouth open. Mm-hmm. I, I, I could have swore the first thing he says is you bitch. I think you're right. And I think Disney edited it out. Did they change it? Because like I remember oh being like, I'm gonna... like, oh, oh, my God. Like not like because because I think in this version, it's either witch or wench. But it I might was, be wench. It could be wench. I'm almost certain that as a kid, he was like, you bitch. And she was like, oh. Okay. Apparently there's whole like Reddit threads about this because people oh, okay. are like, oh my God, I totally remember this. Um, Is that, because like, every time I watch it, I'm like, he said bitch. Like what? I, I could have swore. It just made it so much more impactful because it was like, especially for a kids movie, like, oh my God, a bad word. Like it's so clear, unambiguous. He's saying the word fuck like whoa (laughs) in an interview with collider sorry he says um the original script wanted me to yell bitch at her which was funny but by the same token i was thinking this is a disney kills film i really want to let the kids know that i'm on their side and not on the witch's side i wouldn't want to royal up that emotion from 300 years of sitting on it and yeah and be more family friendly so that was um okay that's cool i can yeah i can because then maybe it's just where like the impression of the impact of like the word. Yeah, the because impact so was close. like, you bitch. And I was like, like oh, yeah. he really just went there. Like he yeah. said it. Oh, my God. It just. Yeah. This is a movie that I I will always hold dear. I just I'm a I the other day. And I know this is always going to happen just when it comes to like nostalgia and the way that we sort of hold dear memories of the past. Um, I saw a couple people tweeting because Hocus Pocus 2 just came out. We're on the cusp. Yeah. We're on the the, the pulse us. of culture. <laughs> um, but a couple people who who I saw on Twitter posted something like, like, oh, I'm watching Hocus Pocus for the first time and people really love this. Yeek. Yeah. Wasn't and, Amber? Didn't Amber say that too? Did she, did our, she say that? I think she said, like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah. And that's like to me, I'm assuming it's just nostalgia lens. Yeah. Of like, how can you not love these performances? Like how, even outside of like it being just a glorified decom, like that's all it is. Yeah. It's a glorified decom. There's nothing to it outside of that. It is get in, get out, having changed, bada boom, got the girl, is a cool brother now, slay, happy Halloween. Cool. But in that story with these actors, how can you not like you just- not? eat these performances up they're so fucking funny like Sarah Jessica Parker just like going and climbing on a gate and like swinging in the background when they're trying to have a conversation it's just like nonsense they're just these goofy goobers I just I'm a I I love it I love them I'm yeah they're so good yeah they are good should we do the next one let's do the next one yeah Before the Sanderson sisters were all powerful witches, they were three orphaned little girls about to be married off against their will by Salem's reverend. When they refused, the girls were banished from the city and forced to find shelter in the Forbidden Forest, where they met Mother Witch, who gifted Winifred her spellbook, setting them on their path of witchhood. Flash forward to Halloween 2022, we meet friends Becca and Izzy preparing for Becca's 16th birthday ritual and have an awkward run-in with their estranged friend Cassie and her jock boyfriend. Becca and Cassie go to the Sanderson sister house, which was converted into a magic shop by Gilbert the Great, 
Sanderson's sister, Megafan, who gives Becca a special candle to light for her ritual. The pair of friends head off to the Forbidden Forest and light the candle Gilbert gave them, only to realize it's actually a new black flame candle like the one from the first movie, Gasp. The Sanderson sisters appear ready for another chance at immortality and immediately confront the girls who convince the sisters Walgreens is a magic shop that contains the exact potions they need. Skincare. After realizing the truth, Winifred decides to perform the Magicai Maxima spell, the one the Mother Witch made her promise never to do, which sends her on a quest to kill Cassie's dad, who happens to be a descendant of the Reverend from their childhood. The sisters head to a Sanderson sister cosplay contest, and hijinks ensue. Becca, Cassie, and Izzy make up. The girls trap the sisters. The sisters escape. Becca develops magic powers. Book chooses Becca over Winifred. Gilbert gets Winifred's spell ingredients. Winifred casts Magic Eye Maxima. Her sisters vanish and she is left all powerful yet alone. When he cries, the girls kill her, but it's like mutual. The girls are stoked to be a real coven and everyone feels great. Okay, that was a lot at the end. There was like a lot of points. Yeah, so this film... Is a film that was made, uh, and I'm going to say that it was made purely for the fact that in 2020, when no new movies were coming out, uh, Hocus Pocus came back into theaters, and it was the number one film in the box office again after so many years because people were so excited and also so terrified, and everybody went to drive-ins or whatever. Um, but this movie became number one at the box office in 2020, or uh, the first one. So... Oh my God, we should totally, Disney was probably like, oh my God, should we do this? We should totally do this. Oh my God, are you in? Are you girls in? And then they were like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then they were like, oh, fans, are you in? And we're like, fuck yeah, we're in. And uh, that's why this exists. It's this movie is the quintessential for our show. It is the nostalgia bait of nostalgia baits when it comes to the reason it exists. Um, I want to talk about some good stuff first before we get into the bulk of everything else. (laughs) Before we just trash this movie. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it's just going to happen, unfortunately. But some of the jokes, the way that they were like upped for the modern day, I thought were fantastic. Like the fact that when they first show up, they're singing initially i was like oh no like we're gonna get a musical number but as soon as the girls are running away and they're like wait who are they even performing for and she turns and it's sarah (laughs) jessica parker being like you and then it's like oh my god they're scary again i was like that is genius and oh i'm obsessed with that it's such a good choice yes fuck um the brooms can like uh the the roomba so yeah so it was a swiffer a ro- and two Roombas that she called Broomies and then they later on were part of the reason that they got like out of like that salt circle. I was obsessed. I thought that was so good and it's so, so funny. smart. It's so yeah. so chill, so silly, so funny. The Walgreens situation apart from oh the product God. placement of Walgreens like them walking in with the automatic doors. What a funny bit. Where it's like She's oh my God so the door's powerful. open for them. <laughs> And then when they finally go in and Kathy and Jimmy's character is last, she's so stressed that she farts. Like on her way in, she's like, <laughs> like I don't. <laughs> and it's, it's such a simple thing, but it's so, 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 so funny. And the whole time too, it's like the commentary on like, 
the makeup industry and like the yeah. way that they're literally just eating it and it's like, mm, like it'll make you young forever. It. Literally they eating see themselves the s- in the Instagram filter or whatever and think that it works. They're like, oh, look, it, it worked. This is wonderful, right? Also, such a funny thing. Like, they see the filter so and they're good. like, oh, look how young we look. This is amazing. Like, yeah. very good, great points of like upping the the humor. I mean, another one, the joke when Bette Midler is like, okay, let's spread out. And Sarah Jessica Parker just like, spreads her whole body because oh, like, alexa and then the alexa oh, moment there. and the alexa moment like, yes it's the exact jokes that i would expect and it's the exact jokes that like showed up now as a whole they're done a disservice because the content of the movie structurally is like it's it is as nutritious as candy um to 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 land on a halloween trope um it's not good it's not yeah. good and i wish it was better like for okay so first and foremost we open with a backstory of uh what is it 1622 or or something like that and so we're getting a backstory i love the kids i thought they were very funny the prosthetic teeth were amazing um i love the the shit with billy butcher we get outside of the house of like I'm falling in love with him. It's like, me? Like, I don't know you. Like, what are you talking about? It's like, Billy Butcherson, you're going to be my whatever. And he's like, I fucking, what? What are you talking about? And like, we're getting the back in context for like their relationship. And that's fun. And I like that. And But ultimately, the biggest thing for me structurally is like, why are we giving context to an inhuman character? Like, they're monsters. They're literally... Like, we don't have to be like, oh, but what about, like, where they came from? It's like, yes, sure. I think there's something to be said about, like, understanding a character more intently. But why the first one works so well is because they're treated as monsters. They're just monsters. Like, have some humanity in the new characters, which they do. They do a pretty good job at. But you can't just have all of this fluff of, like, oh, and I'm, like, actualizing my personhood, whatever. Like... Because at that point, it's just a seminar. Because then, like, well, where is it? There's no there's no real conflict. Like, and then what? I, I don't know. I feel like yeah. it loses its thread several times trying to be like, but they're people. And I'm like, let them be monsters. Like, well, we love them as monsters. <laughs> like, this is a time where they're trying to punch up the story and trying to make it feminist because, you know, of, like, what we were talking about with, like, you know, a lot of the tropes of witches, like, historically and, you know, um, and things like that. So, like, I get why they wanted to do that. But also, this is another instance, and I think that we've talked about a lot of them, where they were trying to punch it up or make it, quote, unquote, woke or feminist without really understanding what that means and what that means to these characters. So I didn't understand why we're trying to humanize them um, like you. Like, I mean, sure, context is everything, but also, like... I didn't know if we're supposed to hate them or if we're supposed to like them. Um, a lot of that really undid the first part of the story. One of my really big things um, was that, you know, the book is supposed to be evil. So, like, you know, um, in the first one, they're like given by the devil. And now there's this mother witch that's like that actually like kind of took them under their wing and gave them the book. But the book is sentient and doesn't want to be evil or with Winifred. So but I also never thought that there was any anything good that can come from this book so at the end when um cassie and or when becca gets the book 
it's like, you know, she's like, oh, book chose me. And it's like, okay, great. But are you going to steal children's souls? Like, what are you going to do with this Literally. book? What contents in this book can be redeeming? I don't think there's anything. And like, then having like the, the climax of the movie being like Winnie, like getting all of this power, right? And then, oh my gosh, it cost me my sisters. Where like, I I thought it was really cute when they all got powers. And I was like, oh, this is great. I love this. Oh, that because, was amazing. That was so then we funny. See the power dynamic shift right and we see them kind of challenging her which um which we'll get into a little bit but you know like having her have this change of heart where it's like i lost my book i lost my sisters just bring them back and then the girls straight up kill her right and she's like oh my god thank you like to me like a lot of that um and it's like oh but it's family and all of this I feel like it was just done so messy and not in like a good, complicated, messy way that's difficult to talk about, but in like a very surface level, very Disney kind of way where, yeah. again, we're not adding nuance, we're adding noise. And why are we adding this when this adds nothing to the story and diminishes everything about the first one? Exactly. It's this nutritionless like subplot that is so unnecessary. And again, to your point, what does this mean for our new witches? Like, are they now going to go kill children? Like, it's not a passing of a femme torch. It's literally like, they're witches who eat kids. Like, mm -hmm. I like, I think it's cool that we have these other witches who are more ceremoniously communal and more about the empowerment of one another. But that's different than the witches we are familiar with. They're completely different ends of this spectrum of witchcraft. Why are we now trying to equate the two and say, like, the book chose me and what, like... This book is bad. This is bad. I don't care that the book cried. Like, that was so stupid and funny, but like, I don't care about it. But this like, book is when bad. Has it ever been good? What what good has come from it? We've seen nothing, right? Literally. It's uh, that book has also been complicit in the murdering of so many children, right? So and so now like, why suddenly? Yeah, so many like... unspeakable other things because that book has so many other spells, right? So like again, what good can come from this book? I don't know. So like cheering for our girls at the end like i i was like so why like it doesn't make sense and so now we have another coven that has the same kind of power dynamic where only one of them has powers and the other two are just sidekicks and i also don't love that if we're sharing power like i don't know it it felt it didn't know what it was saying it didn't know what it was saying at all like i mean granted I liked the Sam Richardson character. I mean, largely because he's really cute and I have a big crush on him. But secondarily, <laughs> because it is, he was sort of the nostalgia surrogate, right? Like he was the fanboy for the sisters. He was obsessed with them. Mm -hmm. um, he like witnessed everything that happened in 93 when he was trick-or-treating. That was like an interesting tie. Not necessary, but mm -hmm. interesting. Um but his thread also got lost somewhere along the way also, where he suddenly is just now Billy Butcher, the sidekick, which is like fine. But this this is not even a story anymore. This like has nothing to do with this now. And how could this be good? Like, how can we like his character is presented as this kind of like fanboy, which I I do like because I feel like on a surface level, like it doesn't really work. But when you dig into it, like blind fandom is bad yeah. you know when it's yeah. like oh like you're uh, like 
clearly um, in him talking about the Sanderson sisters and their story, like he, you know, was like, oh, well, sure, they murdered all these children, but they were like so misunderstood because like somebody was mean to them once. Right. Yeah. Like and he's so like trying to ascribe and project like his own feelings and his own like thoughts on them onto. Right. And um, so I do feel like his character is like fandom is bad. And I feel like a lot of. Um, you know, the Sanderson sisters, like, you know, literally at every turn, it's like, oh, my God, are you them? Like, you guys look so good, right? Like, it's like we, they, they're this kind of celebrity that they weren't back in the first movie, which was also a little bit off-putting. Um, but Gilbert as a whole, his whole function is to, he, like, hangs out with book, figures out how to make a new black flame candle and gives it to his best customers who like like we can we see some sort of like friendship right and never once like i i mean like there's like maybe a mention of like why did you do this and he's like oh well you're virgins like and like so like that's also predatory and shitty and assuming and like his his whole character I really didn't like and and one of my big things is he was supposedly cursed right the girls like and he like was giving away the anti-curse like drug right where he's like oh yeah i have this and it worked for the girls they were able to lift the curse and get out of the thing why didn't he think to use his anti-curse medicine why he owns a fucking magic shop he's supposed to know this <laughs> so much better than anybody else well, like i'm i mean the, it, yeah. okay so I, this movie unfortunately does reek of too quick like you develop this way too fast yeah because then also there's so many unanswered questions with this character, but what about the Tony Hale character, who is a descendant of the 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 town yes. mayor from so and so? Suddenly, we're like, oh, okay, we're gonna get more of a thing with him, and like, oh, is the turn? And they set it up like, oh, he's playing this nice guy. He's not a descendant. We're gonna find out later that he's been alive this whole time, and he is actually now a three hundred and seventy-five year old warlock or something. To be like, oh, you thought you were whatever back then? I'm the big monster, and I'm the bad guy, and I'm the representation of patriarchy, and why? Blah blah blah. And I was like, here we go. This is gonna be great. You're setting yeah, it up for him to be this guy, cool. and then we get left with him anxiety, panic attack over a candy apple, and then we never hear from him again. Yeah, and you're like. What? Like, wasn't you were setting him up as a huge plot device? He's mm -hmm. in the introduction. He's here. He's running for mayor. He is the father of one of the girls. And the witches notice him and they're like, oh, it's that guy. Blah, blah, blah. Like, wh what happened? What happened to this guy? Like, yes. What? And the girls have to like have to be like, oh, my God, he's so nice. Like they have to say that. Like so that way we as the as the audience need to know how to feel about him. And I had I was feeling very icky vibes. And we don't talk about this where his family murdered women like he is responsible directly for the murdering like of these like, you know, of so many women of so many like, quote unquote, witches, right? And now he's here co opting their holiday and uh, doing it in this big up like and it's celebrated and that's so cool. And so there's no reckoning with like, how shitty and capitalist that is how, um, how like he's profiting off of like, the the very people that his family like killed and oppressed, right? And like, that's that's not that, a conversation. It makes me so mad because it felt like they're setting it up for that. And I was like, cool. He's the bad guy. He's insidious because he's also playing this like overly nice, overly considerate guy. And I'm like, oh, 
duh, that's exactly who this is going to be. And then we just let it go and end with like, oh, I'm, I miss my sisters. Like, make him bad. And then like, what if, how cool would, like, oh my God, talk about punch-ups. Make him be how, like surface level good and then like underneath bad or something. I mean, or, we already or, know that Cassie sucks. Like yeah. she left her best friends to go hang out with some jock dude who like, I did appreciate the fact that like they called him out and were like, hey, dude. Pointing out people's differences isn't making conversation. It's actually really harmful. And he's like, oh, shit. And then he has like this kind of like moment where he's like, I have so many people to apologize to. Holy shit. And he's having like his moment. And I thought that that was cute. I thought that was fine. Yeah. But Cassie sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's I wish it was a little bit more defined because it's one of those situations where like we're supposed to not like her because she's like has a boyfriend now and she's like kind of like moving in that direction yeah but there is also a level of like i wish she wasn't vilified for it the way the story vilifies her yeah just just because like i didn't really i i also didn't care enough <laughs> like i'm trying yeah, to think of being like oh thing. you know like i just didn't really care enough about that interaction or that drama because to me i'm just like like i didn't really okay. care about any of the protagonists like the three girls I, really. I couldn't care less like I have like I have almost no notes for Izzy. I have like one where she's the one that is trying to bring them all back together, right? She's like she's that person in the group. Um and then for even like the protagonist, like the only thing I have is in relation to how she treats Cassie for having a boyfriend, which is stupid. Like and it's like these girls like don't know how to talk to each other. Um no. and and I feel like it's just a really regressive version of what girlfriends are and can be when we're trying to be like witches are hot right now right and like you know so it's like oh my god girl we're gonna celebrate like you know the winter solstice and like we have our own little coven <laughs> right like I feel I mean and cool like I know I know friends that you know like are into that and like great I love that I love that for you but like in this in this like we're like supposed to be rooting for these three girls that you know are a little bit estranged but all of that and like I feel like it doesn't even do their covenness or their witchiness justice it's just kind of like oh well we don't really believe in this stuff but we're gonna go light a candle because that's what we do right yeah. like it felt very much like oh witches are hot right now and all the little girls want to be witches so let's do this it missed the mark so many times and because, like, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I have, like, it more, like, cooler ideas. Like, it's like, what if, what if this guy was, like, the warlock bad guy? Like, oh, suddenly they're banding together. And these, this, these new girls, these young witches don't know how to talk to each other. They don't know how to communicate. What if there was a moment where, like, the Sanderson sisters are fighting this guy and you watch quietly and in real time, Winifred, the main, we watched yeah. Bette Midler in real time, like, opening up to her sister's mid fight right like or she saves her sister or something on impulse and it's like wait mm -hmm. she wouldn't do that holy shit like she doesn't yeah, give a shit about her sisters they're like that. they're they're bad girls they're bad witches like <gasps> whoa and then instead of being like we're heartfelt good people now it's like don't tell anybody i did that because i'm bad and you're not supposed to see this. And so then there's a level of like these younger girls are watching these bad witches being like, well, they're bad and they eat children, but there's still a level of love and trust that they have. We're not going to be like them. But there is 
a sense of this like community and a, a family here that we can learn from. Ultimately, they're going to get killed and they're going to go away forever again. Yeah. But it's a great way to show the exact same thing without it being like, oh, no, I miss my sisters. Like, I, I <laughs> it was so bad. Like, it was so weird and bad. It was a bad choice for, for Winnie, especially where it's like, we just see her be such like a terror and just like fuck up everybody that she comes like comes into contact with. And just to have her like, like. I get that beating up on her sister, she's nothing if she can't have her sisters around, but we didn't do a good job of showing that transition or showing that care or that love or anything. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, we didn't, we haven't. I wanted, (sighs) I wanted the sisters. I loved when they started like kind of like telling her no. I loved that. Yeah. And not, and I was like, oh, cool. So they're going to destroy themselves. That would have been cool. I would have been into that where it's like, you've beat up on me for so long, you know, I, like because both of them Liter- do it. And I was so here for that. Literally another good alley, another good avenue to take. Like you're already setting it up, especially like you were saying, the scene where the other girls get powers like and suddenly it's like finger guns. I have the power now. And they're like, at at their sister like yeah. oh my god now it's me now i'm the one in control i'm the captain now and bang 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 perfect time to de- help develop that it's like actually we're not gonna do what you say yeah anymore. like why would we we've done this for 600 years like you are mean and you're a witch and you're nasty and i'm done Blah, 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 blah. And then like big whatever. And then they run away and they're divided. And now it's like, oh my God, are the Sanderson sisters going to like get back together? Like that's part of the drama and they have to solve their own problems. And it's again, then these young girls will see like, oh fuck, like we can't be like them. We, there's no way we can be like them. Like so yeah. dysfunctional. That's so bad. Ugh, Jess, there are so many, so many, so many moments where this really could have just like, worked well in what they were trying to say and it just feels like such a rush job yeah because it's like the first one's great like the first one's so succinct and clear and like it's it's just it's a clean story just from start to finish it knows what it's saying it knows what how to get to the end like that's Mm -hmm. great cool and this one is just so like messy and then like it just misses its own points and well i don't know it also like is it negates a lot of the um, the points that were and the the lore that was established in the first one, you yeah. know. And then they did you see the after credit scene? There was an oh, after where they do the song scene. in the studio. Uh, no, there was another was, one. No, I didn't see it. Uh, it's the which. Okay, another fucking thing. Um, why wasn't Thackeray around? Why did he die? If like you know they were still able to be alive because like billy was there right like he's like i've been awake for 29 years <laughs> you know yeah like why did thackeray die that doesn't make sense um but um at the very end after the credits they were back at the magic shop and there's that little black cat that's not thackeray just kind of hanging out and he's like doing cat stuff and then like pan over and <gasps> there's Black flame candle number two. Oh my gosh. So they can oh. come back actually. <gasps> huh. Wow. I I mean, I really like 
if this is the treatment of the sequel, we don't need another. Like, no. unless you unless came in, you write it, Eric. Then <laughs> I could. I, don't, I, I want would. nothing to do with it. There's just so much about it that like I didn't care for. I mean, I liked the uh, Joan Jett instead of the um, what's his name? Not Otis Redding. What is his name? Oh, Scream yeah, Jay Hawkins. Yeah. Like, cool. We're doing some classic songs, and uh, one way or another, I'm gonna get you like sick into it slay so cool shout out to the drag queens who are in this one i mean um yeah kimura hall cornbread the snack and uh ginger minge who were the uh drag sanderson sisters happy for them i think that's really cool like they look yeah, great being too being a major motion picture like why not go for it but it is uh, this <laughs> It was bad. And this is exactly the kind of thing that we talk like this movie only exists for nostalgic nostalgic purposes. There's no reason for there to be a hocus pocus too. Granted, if it was gonna come back and be good, that's great. But it fell into the nostalgia trap of many sequels, remakes, and retellings before it, where they really have no fucking idea how to make this happen outside of the context of sales and knowing it's just going to do well because of the namesake like i am chalking this up to like time because okay. because again a lot of the ideas work well um a lot of the jokes work well so there's 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 intent there there's setup there's stuff happening but then it just like goes i just i really feel like they ran out of time or rewrites or something because this reeks of of that it reeks of like muddy to mess so many things were the wrong choice yeah we we're back. are back from hocus pocusing all around yeah um, we're we've we've heard the 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 call and quick, we are the children what's your broom that you get oh um what would it be a mic stand <laughs> i don't know <laughs> This mic stand that I'm holding, but it has to be like a cleaning product. Oh, okay. Um, uh, like one of those, like to get the cobwebs. Oh, Swiffer, you do a Swiffer, like, like a bit, like a big Swiffer, like the long one for the oh, corners. Yeah, 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 yeah. What would yours be? I mean, it would probably be the broom, the the Roombas. I mean, that was yeah, just they're really so cute. cute. They're like, so fun. I was, it was one of my favorite parts about it, and the fact that they were such a good plot device too. Um, uh, for it's like wow. Really, how are they going to get out of here? Oh my gosh, so funny! And here they come, like yeah. suck up the salt. <laughs> it's, it's great, Again, and they're just so like many... yes, yes, like cheering them on. <laughs> There's so many fun elements. Ugh, God. so goofy. Okay. Um. Anyways, Eric Lafibri, uh, who was the original Hocus Pocus for? Um, the original Hocus Pocus is for. Young gay people, young gays is what I want to say. Um, femme-centric story, Bette Midler lead, SJP adjacent, Kathy and Jimmy, mm-hmm. Thora Birch, like slam dunk, slam dunk. It's a slam dunk for the gays, 100%. Who do you think it was for? I think it was for the women. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so rare that we have like a, a show that's like for the gays and for the the, the ladies uh yeah no it's it it was for us because it's like we there's so many there's not a weak woman in this 
Like yeah. every one of them is just like such a strong person. Like I, yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Gorgiana, um, did you like it? I love it. I I still stand by it. It's such a good good movie. Um, so quotable, so wonderful. Uh, it'll forever exist in my heart as such a a a like a staple of of my youth. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 obsessed with it. I still love it. Did you like it? Oh my god, yes. It's yeah. uh, same. It will always be there. It will always be one of my favorites. Um, I think I even like it more talking about it, which like I mean, us talking about I... things always like <laughs> does that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I love it even more. I will watch it every Halloween. Or, same. And it's just. It's so great. I love that movie. It's such a good movie. Yeah. I'm yeah. obsessed with it. Um, now, Hocus Pocus 2 remake. The sequel. Uh, still Hocus and Pocusing. <laughs> um, Hocusy Pocus? I don't know. Yeah, I was, There's uh, something uh, there. Hocus Pocus 2, uh, witchcraft Put a spell Voodoo, on you. I don't know. Oh, Ooh, there you go. There we go. Okay. Oh. Uh, was this new interesting or the same progressive or regressive what are you feeling about this one I think uh, the only new or and interesting elements of this were some of the jokes again the way they punched up with the times the conversation around cosmetics the conversation around face filters um, the Roombas like there there were a lot of the, the uh, Alexa like there's so many good cool updated elements but as a whole i think it was a regressive piece of nothing like it it doesn't it doesn't heighten it doesn't change and it misses the intent of the first one completely which seems so strange like how do you miss that i i don't again i i really do believe that it was a timing thing or something that had to do with development where like they just ran out of time or somebody got their hands on it that shouldn't have had it and i i i believe that like the screenwriter and the writers and the story by people on this probably had a pretty good product and then something went wrong in the production process. That's what I want to believe because there are elements, there are pieces that really make me think that this had like good bones as they say and mm -hmm. something something happened and it's just, it is what it is now. <laughs> it went amok, 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 amok. <laughs> um yeah i absolutely agree i think it was new i don't really think it was interesting as much as i wanted it to be um it was just kind of a letdown it was uh not the same even because like you know suddenly they're maybe good like we're just gonna gloss over the fact that they're still you know oh they're not they don't want children in this one they've moved on from children and they just want absolute power like we're not even going to talk about that like okay yeah. fine right and i mean like we have such a history of doing that as a country with people that we like or want to like you know like think of again walt disney or you know um just just uh raw doll a lot of people right so that tracks but still I, I i hate that we're just kind of like perpetuating that here um and it just felt um it felt really regressive and i think a lot of the reason why it did is because you know those things like before we had really strong women in this one like the women were so flippy floppy they they were kind of nothing characters it felt like there was really nothing to define them or to make me like them or want to root for them um, which, you know, was such a big bummer. Like, yeah. I, I wanted to come into this liking it. I wanted to come into this ready, but, but it just, it just wasn't it. It wasn't it. 
Yeah. Um, who was this for, Eric? Um, fuck, I don't know who it was for. Um, it was for the the. It was for money. It was for the shareholders. Yeah, it was, it for, was for, Dis- for executives. For big Disney, I guess. It was like, for nobody because there was so much nothingness and so much regression, even in like the own lore of the of like yeah. you know the first one, like walking back so many of those things. Like it really was for nobody, which sucks because I wanted it to be for me again. I wanted it to be for me too. I was so ready for a Hocus Pocus two, and I could not believe that it was. Happening happening and i was so excited and yeah unfortunately this is this is the uh unforge this is what it is unforge yeah. uh yeah big unforge did you like it no i didn't like it did yeah. you no i didn't like it i think like you said some of the jokes like the whole walgreens thing was hilarious and it was so hilarious because it was just so over the top it kind of reminded me a little bit of the crispy cream moment in power yes. rangers and i was I was all about it. Oh. I thought it was so cute, but um, oh but my I, god, I really like the original dance number that happened. Like I don't know. I feel like so many times I was just absolutely taken out of this movie, and because I like because I wanted to love it so much. Like you know, um, you know, sometimes it'll be like I'm I way overhyped it or something. But like I mean, that Medler was back, and she was gonna do the voice, and they were gonna do the thing, and uh, like e- like everybody came back. I was so stoked. Um, I yeah, they really needed to take their time and do something that was a service to the fans, and that wasn't just like a cash grab because that's yeah. really what this feels like, and that's like it feels um it feels like a slap in the face. Yeah, it just it just I sucks. feel very strongly about this. <laughs> it's just it's just a it's just an unfortunate reality that this movie was bad. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, I think that's it. We, <sighs> we did, did it. it. We focused and we pocused. We we did it. Yeah. I was trying to think of another hocus pocus. Um we I don't know. Yeah, we did it. Congrats to us. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking Abracadabra or we, yeah, um, we... the little cute like uh, I Dream of Jeannie like uh, little nose, nose wiggle. Thing. Oh, no. Or the, um, no, that's not her. That's uh, Bewitched. Bewitched. Thank you. Oh, Bewitched. That's yeah. the uh, less problematic one. Um, <laughs> anyways, so <laughs> thank you so much for listening. We really love and appreciate you. You've been here for over three years with us. And wow, um, we've grown. You've grown. Um, We've all grown. Oh my God, how Can cool. Can you believe it? Three years of nostalgia. Thank you for being here. And what would be so lovely is in our three years, if you would do us a huge favor, if you haven't already, we're assuming you haven't. If you haven't, that's okay. You can do it now. Please do not forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on social media. It Again, we're playing the game. It helps us significantly in finding new audience members and we just we we thank you so much for being here. And you know what? You don't even have to do it, but like please do it. But like you don't have to, but like please do it. <laughs> oh my god, I would totally do it for you if you like asked me to. Like just Yeah. Yeah, totally. Just 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 know that like if you asked us at Lang Ranger Show, like we would. Like, we totally would. So like I don't know if that like is gonna influence like if you like rate our show, but like 
if it does like that'd be great if it does that would be cool yeah um if you want to reach out um you can email us uh nostalgia podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on the social medias we're most active on instagram and um i keep saying we're gonna do it i'm gonna do it but you know what god <laughs> one day I, I, I don't have the mental capacity right now my mental health is shit but it's, it's okay yeah it's been a rough time <laughs> it's been a rough time but anyways um yeah send us your suggestions whatever we're super into it three years what do you want to hear there's still so much we have like a, a an excel document that has like we i mean thousands we're, we're, of remakes uh to do. Yeah. so help us choose that would be so cool i feel like half the ones that we've done recently also were just announced in the time that we've been a podcast oh like my it's, god there's a like, lot of them just keep getting added and we're like okay there's <laughs> like more 10 stuff. more that were announced like this month or that just came out this month yeah that, like i'm like we don't have time to do all of this. I know. It's wild. <laughs> Anyways, thank you again so much. Our artwork and music is by Eric Lefebvre. Our editing is by Danny Barkley. Thank you again for listening. And thank you, Eric. Thank you, Jess. And remember, stay cute, babies. And stay critical. And happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Goodbye. Goodbye, 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 goodbye. goodbye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network. Visit the NostalgiaNetwork.com for more. You enter the dungeon and see the evil wizard pointing his wand directly at you. He says, Show me a funny and delightful actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast, or I'll consume your souls! What do you do? I take out my phone and find Quest Friends Forever on Spotify. I show him how to find Quest Friends Forever on Apple Podcasts. I share the Quest Friends Forever Instagram and YouTube pages with him. And you all get critical hits! Yay! Quest Friends Forever is an actual play podcast starring four friends with varying levels of Dungeons & Dragons experience. Join us for new episodes every other Wednesday as we embark on fantasy adventures, play fast and loose with the rules, and laugh at each other's shenanigans. No prior D&D knowledge is required to listen, so everyone can feel free to join the fun. Quest Friends 4, that's the number 4, like how there's four of us, ever. Find us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's Quest Friends Forever.